Hey, everybody! It is Yasser! I forgot my line. I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are from my brother Sneaker, and we've got a little announcement. We are teaming up with a podcast app called Spoke to give you three exclusive uh, episodes. Uh, Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. The Spoke team handpicks the best moment from a ton of podcasts and creates playlist clips from a bunch of shows. And you can just search and try them out and find anything that you love. For instance... Oh, yeah. There's a playlist on there uh, called Slice of Life, which is all about like crazy and incredible things that happen to everyday people. Like, I just learned this, bro. I just learned some people pay their bills on time, dog. Oh, is that a thing? Dog, people will have a bill due date, and they will pay that bill before then. That's crazy to me. Before then. You know what else is crazy? What? Spook also has a, a lot of fun, exclusive content from Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like our tournament episodes are going to be, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's going to be stuff like Sleep With Me, a lot of our, our other great shows here at Feral. You don't want to miss it. Yep. Download Spoke now. It's free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of my brother's sneakers exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash my brother's sneakers. Model boys, cute boys, round butt boys all day. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. If you like my theme music there, that's a band called Les Blanks. Free, so go buy some of their stuff or stream it online so they get paid. Great band, good friends of mine. Um, I, uh, if you haven't listened to Conversations with Matt Dwyer, I talk to a lot of various artists and people. Today's guest is Carolyn Gerwig. She is a artist and a disabled rights activist. And uh, we talk about what the Trump administration, how they will handle people with disabilities and the, what's going to be ACA being cut and all these things are very drastic for not just uh, people with disabilities, but a lot of sick people in general. Um, so if this is a very intense conversation. It gets very emotional. Uh, it's a very personal um, issue, obviously, for Ms. Gerig, who's also has uh, this ailment that I can never remember how to pronounce so we'll she talks about it we'll let her pronounce it uh, but it's a Dutch thing um, so or it's named after a Dutch guy I did I sounded like Trump when I said that it's a Dutch thing only the Dutch understand um, <clears throat> speaking of Trump um, the uh, the inauguration is this Friday I believe this goes up on Wednesday depending on when you listen to this we were a couple days away from hell. I think it's funny. I saw a tweet this morning where Trump bragged about all the bikers who will be driving in for his uh, inauguration. Because God knows he can't uh, brag about the entertainment. <laughs> it's like, you know, biker. You had a Bruce Springsteen cover band drop out of your of your inauguration ball. It's uh, it's a real shit. This that nobody like this guy has the lowest ratings in the history of the United States going into the presidency. There's no honeymoon whatsoever. It's instant dislike. It's really astounding. Um, I have a theory, and I don't dwell in conspiracy theories. Uh, but I think you know when you when you have a logical thought. I think it's weird that Paul Ryan did a town hall meeting. And I kind of, I, I truly believe that they're priming him to be, step into the presidency because I think we all know that Republicans and politicians in general, they'll throw anybody under a fucking bus to keep their job. And Trump's ratings are so low and this Russian shit is going to catch up to him. Like my guest a couple weeks ago uh, was saying that Trump has only been, he's, he's trying to 
drive the narr- narrative of what his Russian connection. He's trying to stay a few steps ahead of it, but it's not. He's not going to be able to, and it's going to fucking bite him in the ass. There's clearly he has business in Russia, and God knows what else connections there are. I think they're. I think they knew Trump was the only Republican who could beat Hillary Clinton. They're the ones who hired the intel guy to investigate him and get all this information. So they knew all this stuff ahead of time. So they figure, get Trump to office, shove our fucking agenda down everybody's throat. They will possibly be the ones who save the day and oust him. And I don't know if Pence can say, I don't want to be president, or if Pence goes down with him, or if he resigns. But... We get Paul Ryan because Trump is not going to be reelectable. No one's going to elect Pence if for, if he steps in for Trump. So it only makes sense. Paul Ryan, good-looking young guy. If he saves the day, he's a hero. That's how. That's my prediction. That's a prediction, not a conspiracy theory. I don't know if there's a difference, but I think if I also think hypothetically, I watched this video from the Washington Post about. Uh, the way Russians, you know, the possible sex, the piss tape. Um, but they have, for, de- for decades, Putin has taped people having sex or doing cocaine or taking bribes, and he's put it on national television. Even if he denies that he did this with Trump, he's... T- and you got, you got Trump, who spent a lot of time in Russia, uh, General Flynn, and Tillerson uh, from Exxon... These three old, ugly, unfuckable dudes spent time in Russia. You think if some uh, young, hot, ruski dame came over and like played it up like they were impressed with his masculinity, that uh, these guys wouldn't take a shot at stupping sh- some young Russian girl? Uh, because uh, you know, it's the oldest. It's the oldest trick in the... I mean, it's been going on since Rome. You know, you throw some action towards an unfuckable guy, and then you blackmail him. Not that crazy of a concept. It's been going on for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years! People have been fucking people to... <laughs> I don't know. It's. I don't mean to be... But it's like, I'm. it wouldn't be shocking to me if they had shit on all these dudes. And maybe, I don't, like, the Comey... FBI angle is also weird because everything I've read about Comey is he's this respectable dude who plays it by the book and then for him to throw out that letter before the election and then take it back and even the FBI was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Something is way off. Like, because uh, I, w- I was on this other podcast on Feral Audio, Drew George's show, and I said, I don't mean to sound like a cons- like I'm dwelling in conspiracy theory. And he was like, we live in one. We're currently living in the state of... <laughs> and I'm like, it is. It's a weird time. Uh, and it's... But see, I'm trying to... And that's why I'm having these guests on the show, like Carolyn. I want to uh, uh, stay grounded. I want to talk to people who are active in certain areas. And have something to say about, take it piece by piece and see what we can understand and learn. And speaking of that, I, I'll be posting, uh, we talk about various links and whatnot uh, with that, Carolyn, that you could go investigate about the conversation. So uh, I'll be posting those on my website, thematdwire.com, and my Tumblr page, which I don't know offhand. Uh, but if you search Matt Dwyer Comedian Tumblr, you'll probably find it. And... Uh, you could also email me directly at conversationswithdewire at gmail, and I will email you these links. And then tell me what you think of the show. And speaking of the show, review it on uh, Netflix, <laughs> on uh, iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, help me. Help me. Help me help you. Okay, let's get into the conversation with Carolyn Gerig. And I've had a lot of coffee, thanks to you. So... I guess we'll start with um, what when Trump got elected, and as a. <laughs> but I mean, what was because you have right. you have uh, we all have a lot riding on that disaster, yeah. but you uh, specifically have a bit more to to riding on it than I think the average uh, schmucko who hates him. 
I'm a very sick person. You're a very sick person. That's a good way to put it. I'm a very sick person. Um, I spend most of my time uh, being sick or at the hospital being treated for being sick um, or trying to stay out of the hospital. And please describe the... uh what you what makes you what is your sickness i don't know how to say everything sounded like it was like (laughs) saying something like your sickness or i yeah i I was afraid i was being uh incorrect my sickness it's sort of like a a stephen king yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like the zombies um i have something called ehlers danlos syndrome um that is my primary diagnosis um it is a connective tissue disorder um and uh it affects all of the tissues in my body um, and leads to a lot of other problems. So I have uh, something called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which um, makes me, uh, it makes my heartbeat faster and slower and makes my blood pressure raise and drop when I stand up or change positions. Um, Also when I drink water, um, too little or too much. If I have too much salt, too little salt. Um, So electrolytes are very funny for me. Um, sometimes I bring salt in my pocket. Because <laughs> you're a witch. Yeah, I'm essentially a witch. Uh, yeah. Um, and I have a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Um, I had a tumor in my brain uh, when I began the hospital land project um, and uh, did not make, I did not tell a lot of people about that because I there is a very specific arc to having a tumor um, a specific wellness arc. Um, and I did not want to subject myself to that on the internet and subject myself to other people's expectations of wellness and of getting better because I am a sick person who was never going to get better. I was going to stay sick forever. It was just going to be a different level of illness. Um, uh, so every day is a pretty i mean it's a it sounds like it's hilarious a, a hilarious like a balancing act because if you because uh, it's like if you get up too fast to water that sounds like you have to conscious constantly be conscious of motion and actions so as not to trigger something right and those are my internal organs there's also my joints and so there's i mean there's my body we we had a little dance before we got going with oh well this, this, you're going to sit in this chair. I'm going to sit in this chair. You can have that cushion. I'm going to get the different cushion because I, my body needs this type of support right now. And I had a lot of little um, toys to play around with for body positioning um, that look... We joked about them looking like sex toys. <laughs> um, because they kind of do. And They're they fun. could be. I mean... Yeah, they could be. Most things can be if you really just put some effort in. Body massagers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just put in the elbow work and it's great. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yep, stuff slips out of place. I have canes and walkers around the house. Oddly, some people don't notice them when they come in. They just don't, they don't notice that they're markers of disability just kind of all over my house um but there are i guess with the the i I, every disease you listed i can't pronounce the den den (laughs) ehlers danlos ehlers danlos um dutch people is it is is it is it specific to dutch people because no no? those are just the names of the researchers okay does is that a progressive thing that like that like the pain level is the pain level fluctuates based on my activity how my body is doing but i i can do things to control it um i do my own uh physical therapy every day i i do my best as far as nutrition goes and as far as handling my symptoms. Um, pain medication is a big part for a lot of people. Uh, pain medication also has its downsides. Um, but pain management is a, is a big thing. Um, I don't know. You can do your best with it, but there's really no predicting how any day is going to be. Is it sort of, is there never ever the day where you're like, I'm going to go like, there's no, is letting your hair down and just going completely wild one day because you who knows where that's going to lead is that 
when I have a day when I feel as good as I can feel, that's a four on the pain scale. Um, because there's always pain and my pain tolerance is extraordinarily high. Um, I often get very hurt or sublux and a subluxation is like a partial dislocation. So my shoulder will come out or my hip will come out of place. Um, and then I have to pop it back in and those aren't as severe as they used to be. So my pain tolerance is just rising and rising and rising. Um, so there's this scar on my arm. Um, and that was a burn and I didn't know that I was burned. Um, and that happened six or seven months ago and it's still there. And I, I didn't know when it happened. Um, because you're so accustomed to pain. Yeah. My pain tolerance is extraordinarily high now. Um, I don't chase things. I don't chase pain. Um, but it's not something that I test out. It's just, I've become very accustomed to it. Um, I have a friend with Ehlers-Danlos who went in for a, um, a nerve block. And um, with that nerve block, she had no pain for a couple of hours. Um, and she said it was like the world changed for her. And then all of her pain came back. And that was so crushing uh, that... Um, her mental health plummeted uh, to an extraordinary degree. She had thought that her pain, she had been rating her pain scale between a four and an eight, as most of us do. I think when we have extreme pain, um, because we want to be a little conservative about it, uh, because people with invisible illnesses and a lot of chronic pain tend to underrate their pain and tend to be good at hiding their pain. Um, uh, but then she said that she realized that her pain on a regular basis was closer to a nine or a 10. Um, and she just had no idea. So in, in terms of, cause Trump comes into office, we all know like the biggest thing he wants to get rid of Obamacare, uh, or ACA. Yeah. And the, was it the Senate that just voted 48 to 56 or something yes. fucked up like that? That is step one of five steps towards repealing it. And that, I was reading it yesterday, What that all, and I probably didn't retain a good portion of it, but I know disability for the, uh, not the, the for cover for veterans and pre-existing, like a lot of these things, it's, it's, you take it from yes. <laughs> first they went after the budget. So they went after budget items first. Um, uh, yeah. So what my one thing is that he, he said he was going to protect veterans. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking oh. about it. I mean, we, oh. we both said before, before this started, how uh, upsetting this was for both of us and how every time we think about it, we shut down. Um, so it's I I mean for me personally I just so people who are listening is like coming from a violent background and Trump represents a lot of he he's like the as you said the drunk dad or something he's very he's he doesn't he's not a comforting source of uh he, it's not like a Obama or other politicians who are more nurturing and it's more like hey we're going to take care of you Trump is very much like, fuck you, we're doing this. And I think for a lot of people, that doesn't uh, sit well subconsciously or consciously. Right. Um, and beyond nurturing, um, uh, President Obama is so rigorous in the way he approaches intellectual pursuits that it's it just differs so greatly. Yeah, I mean, Trump is not an articulate. He he talks like a fucking car salesman. That's how, I mean, he's like, yeah. it's beautiful, it's grand. <laughs> it's all, it's like, what are you trying to, it's like you're trying to sell me a lemon of a car. So one of the things, um, and this may be a little bit off, off topic, but one of the things I think about a lot when I think about this, um, the whole, both the campaigns and the presidency, um, and I think the campaign is relevant because Trump does approach the presidency as though he is still in the campaign um, is that he runs it as an anti-esthete. 
um, where he he loves all of these like gold gaudy things and he wants this vision of like he wants to appear powerful and wealthy and like everything is so dripping in gold and he has the fake folders and um he put that office of the president-elect which is not a that's not a real thing um sign up at his press conference and hired you know hired his staff to laugh at him so everything is about appearances and then he you know, stripped down for his rallies, you know, and untucked the shirt and made himself messier and put on the, like, the, the cot- yeah, the cotton red cap with the messy embroidering, you know. And I think about that in relation to um, Warhol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Warhol's approach to um to americana and to the idea that like he you know he loved he loved campbell's soup and coke because like a coke is a coke is a coke and everyone can buy a coke and that's what makes coke great um but trump's supporters are anti-semitic on as by and large not everyone not all Trump supporters. No, but there is a huge but faction of his supporters who are, who are ri- nationalists. Because I, I know yeah. there's been some stuff that have been arguing that it's like, oh, you think all Trump supporters are racist? Well, then you're wrong. Good luck. And it's like, no, I don't. But I've seen and know of my friends of who are Jewish, Mexican family members who are Mexican who've been verbally attacked by Trump supporters. So you can't tell me that there's not. And it's like, I don't know of any Democrats who've ever been like. Hey, the fucking Spicks. I can say that because I have Mexican nieces. In there. But it's like, I've, you don't hear that from other... You don't hear that from the vast majority of Republicans. Right. Um, in public. In public. In public. Um, yeah, but... I mean, I think the point is that he he was a Jewish guy from lower class Pennsylvania. You know, he was poor and... He he's someone that they think of as very they would just reject Warhol and they would reject all of those ideas. And they go to these memes and they, you know, stole Matt Fury's creation and, um, you know, Pepe and like made like worse versions of oh, Pepe, which yes. is just like so. Oh, yeah. And propagate that. Um I, yeah, so I think about that, and I think about how that works with his aesthetic and his aesthetic of gold and opulence and like faux Versailles and faux everything. Um, He's all presentation. And it's interesting because I've never made that Warhol connection before, but it is, and I didn't, I've never until this moment, I knew there was very calculated moves on his behalf, but I never thought of it as like, as detailed as the hat being rumpled and him presenting himself as sloppy, which does, because he's not a guy who presents himself sloppy. He never has been. Yeah. And it's very interesting because he was, and all politicians do that where they're like, oh, I'm going to wear my jeans and a fucking plaid shirt. he's not a politician. He's not. He's He's a showman. He's a con artist. And that's how he's made the bulk of his money. (laughs) And... He and now he's railing against the Hollywood elite. You're an executive producer on a television show, right? But he's been rejected. Are you saying like because he's been rejected by Hollywood? That's his yes. not, yeah. Everything is an attack for him. If it's not, he's not accepted. Yeah. And one, I question how deep is that? How deep does that go? With like, how? Uh, f- uh, it just seems like everything he because it's like it's overrated or a loser if it's against him. And it's like, really? Everything? Everything's, everybody who's ever gone against you is a failure and an overrated. It's it's like, that's crazy people talk. It, it is. But go, yeah, it's really, yep. Oh no, I just, but what was your, because your thoughts when he got elected, because you stand to lose a great deal. Yeah, as to and so do, so do a lot of people. 
and uh, for pre-existing conditions to be taken away is, I mean, that's going to, for a lot of people who just had health insurance and now are about to lose it, is a terrifying thing. Here's my thing. I think that I know that this sounds very extreme. I think that the idea is that disabled people are the population and it's not just sick people. It's not people who have been through cancer. It's not, I know that, I know that people who have been through cancer are the people who are in the press right now about the ACA. And I have a lot of respect for people who have been through cancer. It changes you. You cannot go back to being the person that you were. Um, I have a lot of friends who have done it and I love them very much. Um, disabled people who cannot go back to some semblance of life and who have no choice about it. Um, we, we're going, I think that we are the test subjects. It appears that perhaps they're shoving off to the side <laughs> people with disabilities. I mean, it's like clearly if they're, they're not going to help them. So it's kind of, and it's like very Trump, Trumpian to be like, in his mind, what is weak is like, all right, out of the way, we don't need you. Because he thinks he's, he thinks he's like a Nietzschean Superman or something. Yes. Um, and that's been going on for a very long time. And that happens, you can see that in all segments of our society. Like we get pushed around a lot. We get pushed around a lot in all sorts of, in all sorts of legislative battles. We get we get used as props. Um, we've been used as props in reproductive battles for a long time. Um, when you, like, for example, uh, when Mike Pence pushed that um, feticide, oh, I don't know if it was a feticide bill, when he pushed into law the bill that made it criminal to have a, um, to decide abortion uh, based on not decide abortion, but to um, decide whether or not you were going to have um, a baby based on um, imaging or oh, yeah. based on test results. Um, he said that that was uh, due to people with disabilities. Um, oh, oh, like we'd be like, oh, yeah. we don't want that? Yep. Um, and that's that's just using us um, and that's using us to control women's bodies. And nobody really wants that because he also, they also don't give us support and don't vote to support us. Um, why, why do you think that is, I mean, is it because, and this is how I may see it, not see it. This is a theory like, well, it's not a big part of the population. They don't really have a voting influence. It's a giant part of the population. We are a giant part of the population. If we don't have voting influence, it's because we are restricted access from the polls. Because physically, getting to a polling place is difficult. Um, I When I went to vote, I... I went to a voting place that was mostly accessible, but then when you got in there were still a lot of, I mean, it was still very difficult to stand. There were a lot of people in line who were using canes and walkers and had difficulty actually getting up to, up to the booth. Um, and then there was a place inside where you could clearly sit, but the polling monitor wasn't allowing people to sit. I just don't think it had occurred to him because um, he was an able-bodied person. It just didn't occur to him. So uh, I told him that he should just let those people sit and then maybe, you know, take their number or something and just let them, you know, either skip the line or let them wait separately. And then he changed it. But you need to be proactive about this stuff and you need to allow people access. Um, I mean, voter restriction doesn't, it affects people in all sorts of ways. I never thought of that before. I mean, and I am not proud of that, but like you, I never, 
when I am at the polls, I didn't think of it. It's like, this is a long line. There's no places to sit. There's no, there's nothing of comfort. (laughs) It's makes it way difficult. And if it's like a challenge for you to go there, you might be like, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, there's also parking. There is, um, there's just being able to get into the polling place. I mean, a lot of polling places are inaccessible. Um, there was an an initiative started, um, last year by Greg Baratan, Andrew Poolerang, and Alice Wong, who also does an incredible project um, called uh, the Disvisibility Project, um, uh, called Hashtag Crip the Vote. And then that highlighted um, bipartisan um, disability voting issues. Um, And it's ongoing. Um, And so if you just look up the hashtag, you can see anything related to um, voting and disability rights. Um, and it highlighted a lot of issues with getting to polling places and um, when leaders were discussing disability rights issues. Who, who's been good at discussing it? Has anyone been? Uh, I mean, Hillary Clinton discussed it along the way. Just She just kept, she included it just along the way. They also, um, they let, they they issued um, questionnaires on disability rights to uh, both campaigns, and the results were interesting. I can do you do you know what those? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll send them to you, and you can you can post them afterwards. Is cause... there anything that stood out? Did Trump even fill his out, or did he just put a big fuck you? After a while, it? I mean, after a while, he did, but it was. You think a guy who kidding? openly mocked a person of disability on national television you think he'd have some sensitivity to the issue (laughs) (laughs) there's so there's stuff about that that makes me really upset or not only because like the Serge Kovaleski incident um people think that that should have changed everyone's opinion but that was used to um, suppress his report and distract from his reporting on um, uh, Muslim incidents. So, like that was a detra- like that was a distraction, and that was effective. Is him doing the yeah? I didn't know that. Yeah, I just have I mean, seen most people do or don't forgot about it. Yeah, I mean, because most people focus on what Trump did. I mean, he's very effective at what he does. He's a fucking... I use this word loosely when I say Trump is a genius because he's in many yeah, regards... Yeah, he's very good. But his ability to distract, and I think, like... And for the most part, I think people just ignore the fuck out of his tweets because I, I equate him with the guy, uh, Alfred Molina from from Boogie Nights when he's just, like, standing in the bathrobe throwing firecrackers everywhere. That's Trump. He's just... Cause, you don't know what the fuck is coming next. So you're constantly like, oh, fuck, fuck. He's just keeping everybody on their toes. Oh my God. He's setting small fires. So we don't know which one to put out next. That's all small he's... Small fires. Or big fires. Or fires with a bunch of, uh, like a whole uh, group of ethnics in it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't... The guy is such an authoritarian. Like, it's not even... like He probably isn't even... Wouldn't call himself that. But he so doesn't like to be co- confronted that he would... I could see him being like when he has access to intelligence or whatever, like I'm like, I, Alec Baldwin, your phones are going to be fucking tapped. <laughs> it's like he's going to be all over. Like, I don't doubt it for a second. And Alec Baldwin's probably the least of his people he's got it out for in, from his <laughs> long history of being a fuck. I mean, he told he told everyone during the campaign that he that his enemies would have to pay. I mean, he told people that back in July. I don't know why anyone is surprised by anything he does. Also, Kellyanne Conway is very good at her job. She's so good at her job. She's the Lenny Riefenstahl of her, of her career. Um, man. It's, um, she's so good at it. It's all very... It's just... It's hard to not go... What aren't we seeing? Like, what is happening? What is moving 
What are the moving parts we're not seeing or getting? Because it's like I don't know why we're bothering to look at that. There's so much to see. We're just not actually looking at it. The oh thing yeah, is I totally agree. It's, it's zooming out and it's looking at what has already happened and it's looking at it. It's really looking at it. I mean, he's and he's not he's not hiding anything. No, he never has. That's the and it's like I. It's funny. Because I forget what his name is. He's trying to be the head of, new head of the DNC. But he said in July or June, Trump is going to win. And three people on a, on a panel were laughing and like, oh, that's you can't believe that. And it's like people were calling it that early. And everyone just thought he was saying that shit because he didn't want to win. And I was like, I think he did want to win because if if because they were operating in a matter before the he won with Russia and other things that say he wanted to win and and people certain people wanted him to win as well so he got what he wanted and now I think he's just going to go for the money grab and god knows what else Uh, I'm gonna go I feel to- like once in a while we should just play like uh, Yakety Sax from the Benny Hill show. Just- oh, my God. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to the Kovaleski incident and then um, and the way the Kovaleski incident is used by um, by people as a, a time when people throw up their hands and go, why wasn't that? That's that's a time when I'm disappointed in the world. And that's a time when I'm disappointed in everyone. Um, I hate it when people say that um, because it puts us in a position of pity and people feel bad for us and they feel bad for people with disabilities as a whole. And it's another time when they get to go, Oh, they're so weak. We just, we just feel bad for them. Um, and they don't look at what, uh, Serge Kovaleski was actually doing at the time that actually prompted Donald Trump to feel like he needed to take to his rallies and mock him Um, that's actually kind of a giant gesture. And when you think about, when you think about a presidential candidate actually going on stage and mocking a reporter with disabilities for his disabilities, um, and going to that level, I mean, you know, that that person is doing something powerful and they're actually, they're fighting pretty hard and they're doing something they're doing something powerful. And so for everyone to have hinged on this pity point in the year since, because it was a, it was a year before the election that that happened. Um, so for everyone to seize on that and seize on it as a point of pity is it does not speak well of the electorate at large um, and the way they view people with disabilities. Um, I don't, I don't think a lot of the people in the disability community appreciate that. Also, that was about a week before the San Bernardino incident. Um, and the day of the San Bernardino shooting, uh, I was following it all day. And that happened at a facility um, for disabled people. And in most of the press conferences of the day, before they figured out um, what was going on or who the victims had been, um, most of the reporters in that mass shooting did not ask who the victims were. Any other mass shooting, one of the first questions that is asked is, who are the victims? And for reporters in press conferences not to bring up that question speaks to the fear of addressing the idea that disabled people may have been murdered and may have been a target and how they would approach that because I think that the conception is still that disabled lives may not matter that much and may not be valued that much and maybe it would be better off if they were killed. And I think that that is a hard truth for a lot of people and I think that that is why it just was not addressed. 
And when people found out that they were not in that room, they collectively breathed a sigh of relief and moved on. And then they removed the sight of that crime from the crime. Nobody talks about it anymore. Nobody talks about the place where it happened. And you can't do that. You can't remove disability from a shooting that, remo- that happened at a workplace that was a disabled center. You can't remove it. And people have removed it in the year since then. And then after that, there have been so many murders of disabled people in this country we have we have a real problem with filicide um i know that i'm super fun i know that you we're friends on facebook i know that i post about filicide i don't know if you see those posts I, i'm so I, fun I'm i like stopped the following mo- you <laughs> i was just like this chick's I, a total downer man i am i am no you're not you're <laughs> I, I mean, this is an emotional conversation, right. but you're very fun, uh, you know, to be around. Um, th- thank you for saying that while I talk about uh, disabled murder. Um, also, if you are interested in disabled murder, please follow the work of uh, David Perry. He's Lollard Fish on Twitter. He also writes for the Pacific Standard and the Atlantic. Um, he uh, is working on a very large project about disabled murder. Um, it a large extensive project about it. Um, But parents, um, parents with uh, children with disabilities and by children, I often mean adult children with disabilities. Um, They come to view their children as something other than human and something that they cannot relate to. Um, uh, And the people around them pity the parents and they pity the family members and they pity the person who, I don't know, who's related to the person with the disability um, more than uh, the disabled person because we're not really human. Like we're oracles or we're something else magical or we're, we're something that is not fully whole. Like we, uh, we talked a little bit before this whole thing about like how um, I, we were just talking about like, um, we were talking about dating and stuff. And I mentioned that like, I don't really get hit on by, uh, by dudes that much anymore. Um, And which is fine. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I like it. And I date, I date women and, and that's fine. But, um, I, I also have this thing where as soon as I post an image of myself, that's a little sexualized on the internet, I lose followers immediately, which has to do. I think that 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 has to do more with disability and more with having an issue integrating the ideas that I'm a disabled woman and I'm a sexual being and I'm a whole person then I'm yeah um then the pictures themselves because I think that they're good pictures I I mean I I'm a decent photographer and I I think that I look good in the photos so (laughs) you do thank you I wanted to say that with a creepy voice (laughs) just for, yeah, yeah, no, I love your Instagram. Thanks. So you're the only person I follow. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, I love the photos of your daughter. That's pretty much, it's photos of my daughter, food, and the records I bought. That's my entire Instagram feed, <laughs> which is private, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes. So, um, yeah, so these parents, they have these kids, and they get tired and the people they just they feel really overwhelmed and sometimes they reach out for help sometimes they don't but the help is not enough and so they decide that as an act of mercy or sometimes it's not an act of mercy sometimes it's just hate and sometimes it's violence or ego or ego see i have a because this has made me think of a a couple things for it's been speculated i don't think it's public knowledge that baron trump uh, and i wish his wife would have been baron (laughs) So we, I meant that as a, as a form of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want him 
procreating. Yep. I didn't mean it about his son, who's autistic, yep. who, or who speculated that it's autistic. And I think that he goes and he's an anti-vaxer and he wants to the Autism Commission. But it's I, been in the works for yeah, months. Yeah, and he's reportedly. But I think it's that thing which has also been I theorize about Jenny McCarthy, where it's oh I can't. This isn't my. F- genetics that I could I'm not capable of having a child who's autistic right, there must not, be something and this must be somebody house he's going going to be exiled yeah. and his and his it's interesting how how little his wife's been around but but I just and but then the extension of that is everything is an extension of him first yes. of all is like his kids that's why the the I put this branding. in quotes branding yeah it's branding and his branding. his tall lanky daughter is his favorite and it's like of course because that's just your bullshit ego but then it's like is how he views america an extension of himself and what you were when you were talking about how they want to shove disabled to the people to the side is that that's like that doesn't fit into his image of like crippled america yeah his book's title wait does he have a book titled yes the book that he put out before he ran was called crippled america I didn't know that. Yes. I. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, back to filicide. So these people, they murder, um, and it's very, it's often actual torture. Um, so things like, uh, things that are un, I don't, I'm not going to go into it because they're, they're often very, very graphic and disturbing things. Um, uh, and things that are not merciful in any sort of way. Um, but, like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't repeat them. Um, but things that are unequivocally murder, uh, and then people get, if they are sentenced at all, they will get something like time served or four months of probation or yeah. Uh, because they sentencing are seen to have suffered. Sen- sentencing is lighter on those who've done that to their children. Yes. They, again, like a month or maybe four months or time served, um, if anything at all. And then often the comments when these things are reported are that poor, per- that poor parent, what, a- at least that person is in heaven now, or that child is in heaven now. Um, and can you blame them and stuff like that? Uh, and people's pity goes to the parent, not to the person who has been murdered. Um, I also have friends who have been, uh, yeah, um, who have had violence enacted on them. I have had violence enacted on me at at similar levels. Um, uh, it is it is not uncommon. Um, I've high fived friends about it. I mean, <laughs> as like a common experience. It, it's just, it's like, oh yeah, that's happened to you too, because it's. It's that common. <laughs> um, yeah. So people try to kill us. Um, <laughs> you said that like it's something that we live with. Hey, um, is that is that just some sort of uh, caveman like uh, this? They see someone who they may perceive as weaker, so they just like exert their power. Like, why do you think people? They don't think that we're human. It's othering to an extreme degree. And then you have these little like memes on Facebook um, and stuff where people think that they're inspirational um, or they make them feel good and they don't question why they make them feel good. Like, um, you know, um, a veteran with a disabled boy running through a field. Someone tried to break this down with me. They were like, I saw that and it made me feel great. It was like, why did it make you feel great? And it was like, oh, well, because it was two people and at least my life isn't like that. You know, like my life could be so much worse. And I was like, why do you think that your life is better than theirs? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? You might live in Indiana. Therefore, your life is much worse than everybody's. Right. Or, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've had a lot of people say stuff like that or like there was one cartoon i saw that was like a guy in a car and then a guy in a bike and then like a guy in this and then like a guy in a wheelchair like up on like a balcony like looking down like wistfully and it was like be 
be appreciative of what you have because you could be that. And it's like, what? Like, it's always disability is like disabled people are at the bottom. And I, I don't know. I mean, I have had a, I have not had the easiest life. In no way do I think that my life is shit. You know, it's just, it's not. I sat in the front. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, I, in, I was going to say like some incredible things that have happened this year. Like, yeah, my life isn't shit. It, I have a pretty great life. I really do. No, I, <laughs> I really do. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think most people, you know, I'm, most of the people I know with disabilities have pretty great lives. Yeah. It's. I think it's just what you're saying. There has always been a, a narrative of like what you said with those memes and stuff. And it's like, and frankly, and this is something you said off of recording, but it's like, you don't want to blame, but comedy has been responsible for a lot of the way people view people with disabilities because they're always kind of a joke. And I, the, I keep in my head popping back to what about Mary where a guy who's not, doesn't have cerebral palsy is kind of like the joke of, he's not too much of the brunt, but it is, that's a common. And then there's every movie Jerry Lewis ever made. Oh, I was partly Jerry, taking a shot at Jerry Lewis, Lewis, but he's like, it is in an element. He is. I worked for but, the MDA when I was right out of college because I needed a receptionist job. And um, so I worked as a receptionist there for like three weeks and it was a horrible, horrible job. Um, they required me to quote unquote volunteer for something like 20 additional hours a week that I would not get paid for, even though I was a receptionist getting an hourly wage. So it was so illegal. And then they fired me because I got pneumonia. That's insane. It was insane. But let's be honest, it was your fault you got pneumonia. I know. <laughs> I know. It was horrible. Um, it was a horrible, horrible experience. But then, like, seeing on the back end what that was, yeah. It's... Uh, was very interesting. Within all this, because we're sort of winding down, do you have... Oh, my God, we're winding down now. Well, we have a, a long wind down, because... I know we have a lot of things we want to well talking about talking about comedy and how comedy is like plays a role in those things um we do have while we have dis depictions of people without cerebral palsy we I mean we also now have things like speechless which is a great show which has Micah Fowler who is a young person with cerebral palsy playing a person with cerebral palsy um, and that is, it's a really good show. They just did an episode about inspiration porn, which was really well done. Um, and that has a consultant on it who has cerebral palsy. Did you say inspiration? Inspiration porn. I don't know what that is. Well, you should watch the episode of Speechless. It's on Hulu. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm trying to watch less television. Oh my God. Inspira I just... Inspiration porn is when you it's like Michael see... Bolton like sing over it all? Or... They... They just, they nail it in like a sentence, but um, it's when you see something or use like a disabled person to make you feel inspired. Oh, okay. Okay. Exist. I was thinking like literal, there's like literal porn that inspires, <laughs> like what you can inspire because sometimes, I mean, but it's just us walking around basically. I, I, I thought just it was just us existing. <laughs> I thought it was a genre of porn. That's why I was really confused. <laughs> I'm not the porn savvy, so I'm not like, I don't know yeah. what the uh, subcultures there are. But I want to now start a subculture of porn called inspiration porn where it's like you just like, I don't know, say really positive things about like your daily affirmations, that but while fucking. Basically, oh. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, if it changes. Hang on, changes, Friday's coming. Have. Jizz load. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, but and then we also have comedians here in Los Angeles like. Um, like Danielle Perez and um, Santina Muha, who, I mean, they like work, they work, work, work really hard, like to get up and I don't know, to be seen. 
I don't really know either hard. of those women, but yeah, I well, don't. I'm not badass. really much in stand up anymore. Okay, but within all this fucking darkness, do you see any hope or light? Do you think I do, and I see it within the disability rights community because everyone works really hard. <laughs> I know I'm yelling at it. You can yell, fucking yell. I'm yelling about it. Because uh, it's called passionate. Yeah. Um, because they're really persistent and really smart and really dedicated and don't give up. I mean, one of one of the things that people don't think about is how inventive disabled people are in our in everything that we do. Um because we often have to find workarounds just to, I don't know, get out of bed and get through the day. Um, like we have to, I don't know, we have to jerry rig like 15 things just to, I don't know, just to make it into the door of the local bookshop, for for example. Um, yeah, so we, we work together. Um, the intersectional disability rights community is excellent. It's, I, I mean, I'm glad we had this conversation because it, it woke, it, there's a lot of things I, as a guy who's not disabled, uh, physically, emotionally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's things where I'm like, fuck, like, why didn't I, I, I like to think that I'm aware, or at least I seek to be aware. I'm like, fuck, why, like, I feel like I didn't know some of this or think about it. Some of the daily challenges that. Yeah. But, we also didn't even get to seg- uh, Sagamihara. What, well, what's Sagamihara? Sagar- Sagamihara was the largest mass murder committed in Japan last summer um, since... Uh, yeah, it was committed in Japan last summer. Um, it was the largest mass murder in Japan since World War II. And it was committed by a man with knives at um, a disability facility where he had worked. He went in in the middle of the night with knives and stabbed... Um, a lot of people he killed 19 uh injured 26 more um and he had written a letter to um his government saying that he thought that he could take out 450 and um then after he did it he turned himself into the police and said yes i certainly did i stabbed them with knives he slit their throats in their sleep that's, uh... Yeah, and then we don't have their names because um, it's considered shameful to be disabled in Japan. It's considered a shame on one's family. So um, that was only that was that happened on um, July twenty sixth, uh, which was the day. It's the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act in the states. Um, and that was, you know, about a month after Orlando's shooting. Um, so, you know, there was that stream of like faces and names and stories of everyone's lives from Orlando. Like those were fresh in all of our minds. And like there is a robust like queer and trans um, community within the disability rights community. Um and we just didn't see those names. And there were articles about it for the first day or two, but then it just disappeared from all of our feeds and everyone forgot about it. And a lot of people just don't know that it happened. And that's a lot of disabled people. And that's explicitly people aiming to take out disabled people um, because disabled people were a blight on Japan and that's not an unpopular opinion, not only in Japan, but here. Um, and if we keep going, that will happen here. And a lot of our best people in this country are disabled. They just are. Um, where... Uh, we're going to post on, uh, I'll post it on my blog or I can link people to your stuff too, but 
are there any sites or where or where can people go to enlighten themselves further about if like I feel like I've learned a great deal from this conversation and I'm super smart. Um, I'm re- kidding when I say that. <laughs> you are, you are very, uh, very smart. Um, I, um, one thing that we haven't talked about is we haven't talked about the Harriet Tubman collective, which, um, is a group of disabled black women who are doing excellent work. Um, so I would go there, the Harriet Tubman Collective, because uh, their work is spectacular. Um, uh, the Disvisibility Project is great. Um, uh, I like hospital. I, I like my project. Yeah. I like Hospital Lamb. Um, I like all the people in my project. Can um, you explain your project a little bit more? I know you've yeah. done the show before and we um, talked almost exclusively about that. But. <laughs> my project uh, is... Uh, ha- it's hospital lamb. It's a hashtag um, that sort of propagates across social media. It is basically about um, uh, disabled and chronically ill people can take photos of themselves in medical environments and post them on social media. It is basically about um, examining uh, different, I don't know, different oppressive structures in medical environments although i don't i used to not really discuss it in that in those terms but that's really what it's about where can people find that stuff uh you can go to hospitalglam.com there's a tumblr but you can also just look up the hashtag on instagram it's pretty easy or you can look up me carolyn prg with um k-a-r-o-l-y-n prg on instagram and then there are links to things i just want to clarify something that yeah i made the joke about trump wife being barren i meant to say i wanted his wife or his mother to be barren because <laughs> oh it made it seem like i was making a joke about killing autistic what about children. his father can his father just have been barren maybe i that's the joke i made okay. i was like i wish i had a time machine so i could go Let's back just... in time and make his father pull out oh. <laughs> i just wish i mean yeah did you see just the front line uh, that there was a front line that was about the tr- like uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton's sort of rise and like the their lives and you know sort of paralleling them and of course hers was dedicated to civil service and his was all dedicated to money and self and it's like whatever people believe or whatever her flaws may be she still at the root was like saw Martin Luther King and was like I want to dedicate my life to civil service and people and no matter if that went astray or not, it still was the driving force opposed to, I'm going to make a bunch of money and be a fucking asshole. What is the American dream? Which of those is the American dream? Yeah. And it's like the other thing when people are like, well, when they, they're like, well, at least, you know, she's, it's like people are flawed. People make mistakes. People like, then, but it's like her, if she's flawed, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not Trump's flaws. Those things are blaringly, <laughs> it's like, that's like, they're huge. And they're obviously, it's a self-motivated man who just selfishly motivated is what I meant to say. Yes. I, um, I loved Hillary Clinton. Um, I still love Hillary Clinton. Um, I, you know, her campaign was flawed. However, um, I think that it is, we have to question ourselves uh, when the person who represents the American dream best um, is colluding with Russia. It's more than obvious. I just noticed today, it's like both him and Putin are like, oh yeah, the EU is, it's, and then NATO's, it's obsolete. And it's like, weird, weird, you both have the same thoughts. (laughs) Um, I, well, getting rid of the, um, the nuclear security, it's going to be a shit, but well, on that heavy note, uh, is there anything else you need to, where people can go and find things that you would like to suggest? Um, I will give you a bunch of links. Um, I think it's important to look up the reports on Medicaid block grants. Um, uh, I think realizing, yeah, I think 
looking up that stuff is good. I'll I'll just send you a okay. bunch of And I can also, if listeners want to email me directly at conversationswithdwyer at gmail.com, I will also directly email those to you. Thank you. Yay! Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. That was Carolyn Gerwig. I remember I will post those links on my website and Tumblr page, and I can also email them to you at conversationswithdwyer at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Dwyer. Uh, and please review the show. Go to my website. Stay politically active. If you have suggestions for guests, please email those to me as well. Uh, and please, thank you. And <laughs> please and thank you. Uh, I have a lot of interesting guests coming up in the uh, coming weeks. I have a sexologist, uh, filmmaker Shira Piven, some more activists. Um, yeah. So uh, power to the people. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.